You're listening to episode 2.43 of the Midlife Improvement Project, and on this week's episode, I'm chatting with Janet Olmsted, a play expert who is on a mission to inspire people to play for better health. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife, you are more. I am your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I am a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is going to be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. In 2023, I reached the milestone of turning 50 and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to increase your self-awareness and your confidence, get curious about what got you here, and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. This episode is going to drop on December 21st, which means as you are listening to this, it is the winter solstice, the shortest day or the longest night of the year, which means that starting now, we are headed back into the light. My wish for you is that the light we are headed towards is both the literal brightness of more minutes of sunshine each day as we come out of the dark and head through the winter months, but also the light of the hope and joy of new beginnings especially if you have been coming through a particularly dark season in your life. This is a time where we invite in new beginnings and let go of what's not serving us. I invite you to take some time today to reflect on what you would like to let go of and what you would like to call in. I'm sending you big love, my friends, for a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Okay, let's get into today's interview, which is a good one. Janet Olmsted is an author, speaker, personal trainer, elite behavior change health coach, and play expert. With over 20 years of experience in the health and wellness industry, Janet's strength lies in working with individual and corporate clients to make sustainable progress toward optimal health while having fun. She is on a mission to end the inactivity crisis by inspiring the world to play for better health. Janet knows that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to health. Using her P-L-A-Y method, she coaches women over 50 who want long-term, sustainable solutions with their movement, nutrition, and managing stress so that they can put themselves first to become more confident, healthy, and strong. She keeps you on track and inspired, even when the going gets tough, for results that last a lifetime. Well, hello, friends. Today, we are going to play. If you've been listening for a while, you know how important adventure and play are to me in my life, especially as I head through this midlife party. My guest today is a play expert. What an awesome job. We are going to discuss how important it is for your personal growth, for your health, and for your overall well-being to add play to your life, even when it feels like it's too busy for play. So let's do this. Janet, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Peggy. It's great to be here. 
All right. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, about your story, and because this is the Midlife Improvement Project, especially your midlife story. Hmm. That's a really good question. Well, uh, I'm a behavior change health coach. I have worked in the health and wellness industry for over 20 years. I have um, my fundamental reason for helping people is to inspire them to reignite their passion for play so they can fight chronic disease while improving their quality of life as they age. Because I believe our quality of life as we age can improve if we use play as a foundation. Because when we reframe exercise as play, it's a habit that is a positive catalyst for health. Because when you move more, play, you feel better. And when you feel better, you might want to eat better. And when you eat better, you might want to sleep better. Like there's just this positive spiral. And I really embrace the idea of positive, healthy habit changes over time that helps you be the best version of yourself as from midlife and beyond. Okay. Amazing. So you mentioned moving your body as play. Is there like a more encompassing definition of play? And also what is a play expert? (laughs) Well, um, you asked a little bit about my background and this is where it comes into play. No pun intended. Awesome. Love it. Uh, So play, play is two things. Play is the actual act of moving your body because uh, in midlife and, and a lot of times people uh, move exercise to the bottom of the to-do list. It gets pushed aside because who has time and it's hard and it hurts and that, you know, the joy and fun out of moving your body has kind of been squeezed out of exercise to me in a lot of ways. And I don't think it has to be that way at all. So play is the act of moving your body. Play also is an, um, in my book, I have, uh, acrostics. I called them acronyms. And my editor was like, they're not acronyms. They're acrostics. Remember doing Ooh, acrostics no, in grade this school? Is like, I'm, I need a review. Please, please. Re- please yeah. Please acrostic, review acrostic is when you take a word play and you make uh, another, like a kind of a significant meaning out of it, not necessarily rhyming. So please look after yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love it. Is play. Yes. And we all deserve to look after ourselves at every age and stage. Sometimes we get lost in the act of looking after ourselves when, let's face it, midlife, there's a heck of a lot going on. We've got growing kids or responsibilities with animals or uh, parents that are aging and jobs that are maybe changing or ending or beginning. There's a lot going on at midlife. Um, Let's just talk about the obvious. We are lucky to, as many people um, maybe listening to this going, what are you talking about? I think we're lucky to go through menopause. You know, people, a hundred years ago, people died by this age, right? So there was no track record of making it fun and, and embracing the idea that we get to live. So when we get to look after ourselves through play and all the other ways to put ourselves first, that aging process can be joyful. It can be embraced. And I was talking to my husband about this yesterday. We are the CEOs of our bodies. You know, like when when you really take ownership of the choices you make and the things you get to do as we age, the more empowering it becomes and the less daunting it feels. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm 
painting for some people, they might be like, oh gosh, like rose colored glasses. Well, you have to know, um, I come at this, uh, uh, which is part of your earlier question. Um, a bit of my background is at 24, I almost lost my life. Uh, and it, that one, I've actually had three near death experiences, but that first and subsequent reminders that, uh, you know, <laughs> Life, yes, life is short. Life can be long, we hope. Um, but we can look at it in a lens of opportunity to be our best selves, no matter what age and stage we get to live to. So I love it. I love it so much because a lot of people do spend a lot of time telling themselves, I have to do this. I have to exercise instead exactly. of read the reframe of I get to. Every year is a privilege. Let's get after it. I totally. Absolutely. There's no reason. And life is always going to happen. But when you put yourself in the driver's seat, when you have a vision or, um, yeah, when you have a, a help clients with this too, when you actually understand where you're going and what you want to achieve, even when you fall off the rails, you can keep coming back to what really matters to you. And they're the joy that that gets to bring to you. Okay. I love it. Um, okay. Now I did ask what's a play expert. You mentioned, please look after yourself. So tell me a little bit more about a play expert and how you work with your clients and, and what it is you actually do with them day to day in your, in your practice. Yeah. So, you know, a play expert is really someone who uses play as the foundation of everything that I bring to the table, especially with my clients. So I have, um, I have the play for life system that I use with my one-on-one -on -one clients and it's a specific system I've developed that helps, um, shape the experience for my clients. So I, I, I work with my one-on-one -on -one clients for um, no less than six months, but really my job as a play expert is not to tell you how to play. It's for you to figure out how you, how, what brings you the joy and the, the habits that are going to help you show up day after day consistently so that you have your own formula for success as, as you age. Okay, cool. And you mentioned your near-death experiences and your um, experiences in life in general. Is that how you discovered how important play is? Or is there more to that story for you personally? Yeah, well, I would say that they certainly help to um, make me realize fundamentally that, that play is uh, a lens at which I get, like I, I touched on earlier, I get to look at life. But it really is a is a way that, yeah, shitty things can happen in life. I mean, I I just came through being a caregiver to my husband a full time who went through leukemia, mm -hmm. and uh, that's not fun, and that's not joyful at, at all. Like that, it's really hard to be on the caregiving side and watch someone you love suffer. But there was still joy in some of the things he got to do during the days, you know, that we still found bright lights, bright spots. I like to help people find bright spots in their day because sometimes life is really hard. But I really think that um, what all of those experiences have taught me is that I wouldn't change a thing the way I'm showing up. And um, hopefully I can, you know, when someone works with me or listens to me or read my book, they really feel that. Um, the energy that is available, you know, it's, it's, it, you can tap into it, even if you feel a little lost, it's, it's there for everybody to experience. 
Um, I love this. It reminds me a little bit about what I've shared on the podcast in the past is that a mentor taught me that life is 50-50. It's 50% amazing and 50% total crap. And (laughs) as we get into this part of life in the middle, the crap is going to show up more. None of us are immune to it. And the magic of finding the the good parts, the the amazing parts, leaning into the joy when when it is crappy allows for us to like just keep on going and and then we get to experience the rest of life because life is life. Exactly. And no one is immune, just as you said, you know, and any minute you look at someone else's life and think, oh, they've got it all. Mm. When you peel back the layers a bit, you know, everybody struggles. It's the human condition. Everybody's got stuff. Yeah. Everybody's got stuff. Um, It's, it's just a, (laughs) mindset is such a big part of it, as you know. And, uh, I, I the, the especially with behavior change psychology and the the way we can come at things and reframe and 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 be aware of our mindset in our approach it's um it's pretty powerful and you know I encourage anybody who hasn't ever considered mindset you know uh, tapping into the mindset behaviors or the philosophy behind mindset there's some pretty incredible people out there. Um, Adam Grant. Do you know Adam Grant? I don't He's, know. Uh, he, he wrote a, a book I just recently read. And of course, <laughs> I'm going to say, I can't remember the title, but he's really great at social science and um, positivity and psychology that uh, and frames it in a way. Oh, gosh, I want to go get the book and, and share a little piece of it with you. It's up by my nightstand, I believe. Anyway, there's just a lot of how he, um, he plays into this whole idea of mindset and the, and the value that being aware and, and having a mindset that is, is working for you, not against you really helps. It's like when you're, when, when we've just been like playing the same old, uh, record over and over again and not really paying attention to like what it is we're just on autopilot as soon as we can be on to ourselves and be like whoa like I had no idea I was thinking that now I can decide to think something else that's magic it's total magic exactly yeah all right um you talked about like behavioral change and I love to talk about habits that's a big piece of what I've talked about on this podcast in the past can we talk about the habits of making play a part of work and life and like also, how does your brain benefit from play? Like changing, what what happens in the brain when we play regularly? Oh, well, it turns on our feel-good hormones for sure. And it, it you know, it, it's a whole, your whole, um, oh, wow, your systems in your body. So you have your central nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic nervous system. They all kind of work in harmony, like a choir that's singing perfectly together. You know, they they really feed off each other and they create an energy, um, exercise and play, create an energy that um, is is almost palpable, palpable, <laughs> paddle whatever that, you know what I'm talking about. Palpable, palpable. That one. Yes. 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 Yeah. And yeah. um, Just to, to the earlier question, you know, uh, I think if, when people make things too complicated, eating behaviors, right. Eating, sleeping, when it's too complicated, especially exercise, when it's too, too complicated, 
it becomes a chore like anything. So having, um, having the ability to like going for a walk with a friend or playing with your grandkids, those count as exercise. You know, the things that you think, uh, don't count are actually quite shocking. (laughs) Um, just because you go to a gym doesn't mean you've actually moved enough. You, we actually need to move more all day through the day and, that helps create the energy that helps create the feel good hormones that help make you feel more organized and they help you calm down and they help you manage stress. All of these things, um, you know, why exercise is the magic pill to fight chronic disease because it helps protect your heart and your brain and all of these things. So when, when you, when we can play not to fit into skinny jeans anymore, and we can play to create a better quality of life for ourselves and, um, understand that, you know, what works for you, Peggy may not work for me, but it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. And it doesn't count. Um, I, I loved finding out once upon a time that, you know, the only reason people think they need to work out for an hour is that's because how trainers get paid. It's true. We need 150 minutes a week to move our bodies for, to maintain health. 150 minutes, which if you go, oh my gosh, 100, who has 150 minutes? Well, when you break that down, it's 20 minutes a day, 22 actually. And 22 minutes a day doesn't have to be done all at once. It can be five minutes here, 10 minutes there, taking breaks through the day, which help to boost that energy system, which help to make you feel better and make better choices because you are just energizing your own inner battery by playing more. Okay. I love this. And just to get more like strategic with it, do you have some suggestions, especially for women in midlife, how they can add fun and play to their daily routines at home or their office just to keep them healthy and to get these, as you say, 22 minutes a day, what are some specific strategies that you might um, give people ideas with? Yeah, that's a great question. So specifically let's, let's use you, let's use you as an example. Love it. Love it. How I'll be the guinea pig, the guinea pig. <laughs> so uh-huh. how do you how do you like to move your body? What's your routine like? Well, I do all sorts of interesting things. I sit too much lately, so I, I love the ideas or that you might have about somebody who's sitting sedentary in front of a computer, mm. working with clients, working on the um, anything because I think it's pretty common that people sit in front of a computer. I like mm. to walk. I play basketball. I do what I call old lady gymnastics, but those things are sort of like couple of times a week, I do like a big thing. And then I sit still the rest of the time. So I need more more of that non-exercise movement throughout the day. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So very, very common sitting at computers. So uh, one of the greatest things that I help people with is actually it set a timer. You know, we all have one of these devices called a phone or a computer because you're on it and there's ways or even people who have Google that they can talk out loud to or Alexa, just set a timer for pick a time, 50 minutes of work, you know, focused work, or you have a meeting for an hour or whatever your time works for you. And then when your timer goes off, take a five minute break, set a timer for five minutes and pick something, whether you okay so here i have a client that leaves a skipping rope beside her computer okay and so she turns she turns on a some music and she skips for a couple minutes takes a break takes some water or whatever in that five minutes you may need to go to the bathroom so after you go to the bathroom could you do 10 squats after you get off the toilet or could you 
go outside, big one, and walk to the end of your of your driveway or down the stairs in your building and go outside and take five deep breaths and then take the stairs back inside if you're in a building or come back in your house. Like all of those things add up. So in an eight hour workday, if you take five minute breaks in eight hours, what's that eight times four? That's 40 minutes in a day that you're already seamlessly adding and make it fun. You know, maybe you don't like skipping. Maybe and a lot of women at mid age can't skip because of like, yeah, yeah. Their, their anatomy, right? So uh, how about a hula hoop? What did you like to do as a kid? You know, like go start there. Um, how about taking a longer break at lunch and going for a walk with your neighbor? Or why not take one of those walking meeting, one of those meetings that you're doing by Zoom and do it walking instead? In fact, yesterday I went for a run and I hadn't seen a friend for a long time. And I called her and said, I'm going for a run. And I know you're not beside me, but I haven't seen you. So let's chat. And my entire run, I caught up with my friend. So, you know, it's a bigger bang for your buck. You get to insert some movement needed, joy needed. The possibilities are endless. Actually, in my book, and um, I have a download that I'm happy to give to your listeners, is 150 ways to move more. Oh, great. So if if we need 150 minutes of movement in a week, I have 150. And sure, some of them are so simple. People might be like, well, does this count? Yeah, I'm not kidding. So you're at your the grocery store and you're standing in line. Could you stand on one foot? Balance. We need balance as we age, right? Uh, so your water is boiling for your pasta for dinner. Can you do some push-ups? We need function as we age. Just these little inserts of playful moments throughout the day, your work day. Um, gosh, could you lie on the floor and stretch for five minutes? <laughs> Whoa! There's just... I could rhyme off 150 ways to go outside and get stronger with a tree. Like, you know, you can do tree sits. You could do tree, uh, you like gymnastics. You could do handstands on a tree. Like, yeah, go, go explore. And that childlike wonder and mindset when it comes to these five, what you have with these five minute breaks every day, it's pretty exciting. Cause it's like, Ooh, what do I get to do today? What fun thing haven't I done for a while? Because we all, like I said, it, uh, when it comes from a playful lens and a playful um, space, then it's it feels so achievable. And we we don't want to keep feeling like we're failing at mid age, right? We like who wants to feel like, oh, this sucks. Like let's bring some joy back. Yeah, I love it. And you said failing at mid-age. I think that there's something about how we've been conditioned that everything has to be perfect. So when we're thinking about doing exercise, we have this idea that, oh, when I have time, I'm going to get to that thing where I work out one hour a day. So instead of doing these things that you've mentioned, like five minutes here and there throughout the day, we're, we have grand plans to do this thing. And then it's like next Monday and then it's next week and then it's next month and then it's five years later and we still haven't done it. So I love this so much. Oh, well, I uh, thank you. And yeah, I, I, to your point about perfection, you know, when if we just look at it as progress, you know, take perfection out of the equation when it's little progressive, even if you do it once in a day, in a eight hour day, 
right? Let's just, the other thing about, you know, changing behaviors is let's make it so simple that you can't fail. And even if you are a perfectionist, if, if five minutes is too much, can you do, I don't know, <clears throat> sorry, can you do 30 seconds eight times in a day? Yeah. What, what, what is your bare minimum that you can commit to that will make you feel empowered rather than failing like you're failing? Yeah, it's amazing. Awesome. Um, I want to share this with you because this is an idea that I like to talk about a ton and it involves play. So um, one of the things that I really love when we talk about play and adventure is that, you know, that thing that happens as you get older, where time speeds up, it seems to everybody, right. that, I, everybody that I know says this happens to them. Accelerating. Right. So apparently the reason for this is as we get older, everything is kind of the same. And when you're a little kid and you're learning all the time, everything is new and novel. So as your brain is taking in new information and there's lots of evolutionary reasons for it, your perception of time slows down because it's looking for threats ultimately is what your brain's doing. But because the perception of time is slowing down, then you end up slowing time down in life. So as we get older, if we're like waking up on Monday and going to work and paying the mortgage and every day's the same and every week's the same, time speeds up. So the anecdote for, not the anecdote, the antidote for uh, this phenomenon that happens is adding novelty. And everything that you're describing is we're adding novelty, which will slow down time. So not only are we getting the benefits that you've described for health, for your brain, but on top of that, we can actually slow time down as we're getting older by adding some of these things into our day. And I just love it. It's right. It's a one-two punch. Who yes. knew? But even more exciting about that is, you know, it's really true that you're saying, you know, time, it does feel like time is accelerating, but yeah, looking through the lens of play every day when you wake up, it does make it novel. I remember when I had kids and uh, I, had, I had lost touch with my sense of play and wonder and um, having the opportunity to go back to playgrounds and then realizing I don't have to sit on the sidelines while, I'm, while my kids play. I can play with them. I, why can't I go up and down the slide? And why there's no reason. It's just these things have to continue to be practiced in a, in a fun way. And and completely understanding that it is exercise. Like when you're out there and your kid is playing soccer or your grandkid or whatever, doesn't mean you can't like not necessarily go on the soccer field and play. I mean, they might let you, which is kind of fun, but you know, doesn't mean you have to sit in the stands. There's lots of ways you can move around and still benefit your health without it being like this. Okay. I'm going off to sweat. You know, I can, I'm just over here standing up and down and moving and yeah, it's, yeah. it's all, it all, it does, it will help slow time down. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. All right. So I think we've covered it a little bit, but I just want to see if we can find any more nuggets when I ask you this question. As you are aware, this show is called the Midlife Improvement Project. And I like to think of this time of life as an awakening. So I know this can mean different things for different women, but I'm wondering first, if you agree. And second, how do you think play will help women as we go through this midlife transition? Oh, how will play help us through our midlife transition? Well, it helps keep things fresh. And it helps you give yourself permission to try new things rather than the same old, same old, right? There is, you don't have to get stuck in a grind. Just because you've been lucky enough to, to reach middle age, and especially as 
I don't know about you, but I have lots of friends that are starting to get sick at this stage of life because they haven't necessarily taken care of themselves. Um, but to really, really understand that it's never too late to start, you know, just because you're in midlife, isn't this an opportunity to, to try on new things because we can, and without it being scary and dipping your toe in the water of what you're curious about, keeping curious, keeping open and being delighted in the process because being delighted and gosh, laughing and having fun never has to stop. I don't think. Love it. Love it. Love it. And then um, the other question I want to ask you, because this relates to your, um, what did you call it? Ac not an acronym, an acrostic? Acro acrostic. Acrostic. I have, okay. Yeah, I have so, a number of them in my book, actually. Okay. So play, please look after yourself. I spend a mm -hmm. lot of time with my clients reminding them that when a woman puts herself first, everyone around her benefits. And totally. a lot of women, this feels counterintuitive to them because we've all con been conditioned to have our worth all wrapped up in taking care of everyone else. And then we're uh -huh. last. Oh, yeah. So uh, with play in mind, what advice do you have for women about putting themselves first? How do you encourage them to find time for play, even when life gets in the way and even when it seems like everybody else needs them? Yeah, that's a good one. Schedule it for yourself. Right. Put it in your calendar and make it the first thing on your to-do list. No questions asked, you know, and how remarkable would it be to set an example and lead by example for those around you to see that, oh, this is mom's five, like, even if it's five minutes, you know, um, hopefully it's more than five minutes, but, and, and when you commit to that act every day and it's like, um, no holds barred, it's your thing always, you just start to naturally show up better. You do because you've, it's the one thing you have done for yourself because let's face it, like you said, there's a lot of stuff that, that people put their own stuff by the wayside so that they can nurture and look after others. But if you're not looking after yourself first, then that's, that's not fair. You weren't put on this planet to look after others. You were put on this planet to discover who you truly are. And when you live in a sense of wonder and play and put it first on your calendar, then, wow, that's where the magic happens. Awesome. I, 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 this is a message that I want to tell all the women. And even if that means, by the way, you're talking about five minutes for movement, but I'm also... Anything. Uh, yeah, I encourage women to, if you want to lay on the floor and stare at the ceiling, like that's yeah. your time and you can do it because yeah. it's yours. Exactly. If you want to take your cup of coffee into a, like, geez, a, the quietest space you can find, there's nothing wrong with that. If that, if that charges you up, that's incredible. If you want also, let's look at the, the big behaviors that, that I help people with. Sleep. If you want to go to bed five minutes earlier to read, make that your, you know, this is, this is it for me today five, and, and let people know I'm going to bed five minutes earlier and don't let anything stand in the way of you being able to do that. Is that me? Yeah. Like I'm going to read or I'm going to stretch or I'm going to take some deep breaths. 
or when it comes to your meals, I'm cutting up an apple today because that's going to make me feel great. You know, it's the fiber I need. It's the vitamins I need. Like pick something, managing stress, skipping rope, deep breaths, five minutes of lying on the floor, you know, those things. And of course, moving your body in a way that makes sense to you. Make it yours. I love it. Love it. Can you tell us, I know this is part of your work lately. Can you tell us more about red, which I guess is another acrostic, right? (laughs) Actually, I think, yeah, it is. It means rise every day. Okay. Yeah. So red January is a movement that I'm bringing to Canada from the UK. Okay. Uh, It's an eight year campaign that's been running uh, over uh, in England. And I approached the founder, Hannah Beecham, because I it really very much aligns with what I practice and how I help people, which is rise every day your way through the month of January and keep track. Uh, we even have a, on um, join.redjanuary.com forward slash Canada. You sign up, you um, make a movement challenge for yourself. So say it's five minutes of stretching every day. Just let's put it, keep it simple. Um, You get to print off a blank calendar. You get to keep track. You're part of a community, which is a very big part of why I preach play, because doing it with someone that it just makes it that much bigger bang for your buck, especially for your um, social health. Yeah. Um, And the reason red January make so much sense is it's free it's fun and you can't fail when you move your way every day and do it with others it benefits your mental your physical and your social health and what a way to start a new year rather than thinking of what you can't do oh i can't drink and i gotta go hard on this and i can't blah and i can't whatever vice you choose that you need to give up this is something you get to add to your life that actually is the ultimate way to change a behavior. Because when you show up consistently every day doing something, you're more likely to stick with it, especially if it's fun. And uh, I'm so excited to bring it to Canada. I can't even tell you. And I this year is our first year in Canada. And we're the first country, which I'm really honored to be chosen to, to bring this to Canadians. And um, I can't wait to see how people are going to show up every day, rise every day for their health. So if somebody wants to participate in Rise Every Day, Red January, where do I direct them? What, where, how, yeah. People want to know. Yeah. Okay, for sure. So it's um, join.redjanuary.com forward slash Canada. Okay. And right. when, you, when you go there you will, you make a, you sign in as an individual or a team. So this is not just for individuals, this workplaces, communities, running groups, whoever is, it's for all ages, all abilities, and all stages of life, which I love. So your family can get involved as a team to your workplace, whatever the choice is yours. And then you enter your information and then you share that uh, with your team or your friends just for a little accountability, but there's a whole community behind you. And also what I love about it, um, it really 
as well is that a lot of um a lot of challenges um can make you feel bad if you miss a day that's not that's not what this challenge is about this challenge is to like regardless of what's going on in life everybody's there to support you this is a really fun and energetic way to participate in something for free and oh we're also partnered with the Genwell project so the Genwell project is a canadian charity who does incredible work with human connection so it they raise any money raised goes to the Genwell project who are going to infiltrate the money back into community projects that support face to face connections cool awesome all right so for those of you who are interested in joining this i will put include the link in the show notes um that's it sounds amazing and also for those who are listening and who are interested in learning more about you and your work or if they want to connect on the socials where can we direct them oh great yeah so um janetomestead.com is my website and i am on instagram at janetomestead and facebook uh play for life is my business page for facebook and then i'm on instagram uh, sorry on linkedin as well under my name janetomestead so. Awesome. So again, I will include those links in the show notes and any final words of wisdom, Janet, that you want to share or the one thing that people should take away from our conversation today. Wow. That's a really good question. I think, I think for those who have not, not found the motivation to uh, embrace this stage of life, I think the, the, the real message is when we show up as the best we can for ourselves, there's no other way but up and nothing. There's no hacks here. There's no hacks. It's just finding what works for you. And when you find what works for you, your life will be more playful. Love it. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and your playful wisdom. Oh, thanks for having me. It was so great to chat with you. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest today, Janet Olmstead, for sharing her story and her expertise. I hope that it has inspired you to bring more play into your life. Make sure that you tune in next week as I will be leading you through a planning session to call in a wonderful 2024. We will talk about setting goals for the new year and how to best set yourself up for success heading into a brand new year. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach, especially as we approach a brand new year, and especially if you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, and especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, and especially if you want to come and talk to me about how that would work and what's involved, why not sign up for a complimentary chat with me at drpeggymalone.com forward slash coach. We can have a conversation about your goals for 2024 and what you want to accomplish and how I can help you. Also, I would love it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there at drpeggymalone and that is where you will find me discussing my life as a 50-year-old who likes to snowboard, back handspring, and also encourage women like you to find what is fun and adventurous for you in midlife. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Thank you.